Great win for the Seattle Seahawks over the Giants, 24-3. to To conclude, week number four in the NFL. Joining us down the line this afternoon to chat all about it is NFL expert and writer for the West, Ben O'Shea. G'day, Ben. G'day, Matty. How you doing? Very well, Ben. How are you? And uh, what did you make of week number four? It concluded today. The Seahawks, too good. Yeah, they were. And it's one of those things where, are the Seahawks too good or is it just the Giants are too trash? Oh. Because they... They are looking very average right now. A 24-3, that Seahawks win. The Giants' offensive line is a mess. Like, Daniel Jones looks terrible, but it's hard to even know what to make of his play this year because he has no time to throw. He's running for his life. Um, his receivers aren't getting any separation. The defense can't stop anybody. Uh, the Giants just look absolutely terrible. Um, I think everybody thought they would fall back to earth after making a surprise entrance into the playoffs last year as a wild card. Um, but I don't think anybody expected it to look this bad. Uh, and the worst thing of all for Giants fans and the franchise is they signed Daniel Jones to an extension in the offseason. They're paying him about $40 million. And if he isn't statistically the worst quarterback in the competition right now, he'd definitely be in the bottom five. Uh, and so it's all bad news uh, for the Giants, but a great result for the Seahawks. Just when you think, you know, it's hard to really assess how good they are. They pull out a game like this. They look very dominant. Um, and Geno Smith played pretty well, too. Uh, and they're starting to really find some identity on defense, like maybe a new Legion of Boom 2.0 that's happening there. Uh, in the secondary, um, their rookie, Devin Witherspoon, scored an incredible sort of 97-yard pick-six um, uh, interception. Uh, they're, they're looking pretty good, the Seahawks. Um, but, you know, again, they're in the division with the 49ers. So, you know, probably temper your expectations about how far the Seahawks will go. Hey, Ben, when I read about the NFL at the moment, why is the biggest story Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we've been speaking for a couple of minutes without talking about <laughs> Taylor Swift. I think that's a breach of both our contracts. Uh, yeah, look, it, it is huge business at the moment for the NFL. Maybe there's a romantic relationship with Travis Kelsey. Maybe it's all marketing. Uh, you could toss a coin to decide which of those is true. Uh, but it's certainly no doubt that um, everybody's having a bit of fun with it at the moment. She was there uh, to watch the Chiefs beat the Jets 23-20 yesterday. The game was probably a lot closer than it needed to be. The Chiefs jumped out to a 17-point um, head start and looked like they were going to absolutely smash the Jets with Zach Wilson under centre because, um, of course, Aaron Rodgers is injured. Uh, and Taylor Swift was having a great time in the players' box with some celebrity mates. I think she had Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and Blake Lively up there watching it with her. Mm. Um, but the Jets, the Jets came back, and Zach Wilson looked probably as good as he has ever looked, but then, of course, turned back into Zach Wilson at the end and allowed the, the Chiefs to, to sneak a pretty ugly, ugly close win. Um, but, yeah, it's Kelsey jerseys, uh, up 400% in terms of sales. His Instagram following has gone up nearly a million since he's been romantically linked with Taylor Swift. The ratings. Uh, so yes, so yesterday on on Fox. Oh no, sorry, on on uh, NBC or CBS, it rated a peak of 29 million viewers and averaged 27 million viewers because a lot of people were tuning in to see Taylor Swift. It was the highest rating Sunday night TV show in America of any type of TV wow. since the Super Bowl. 
That's incredible. That is unbelievable. Yeah. This is this is what's taking over the NFL right now is a, <laughs> a relationship. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And yeah, uh, great win by the Chiefs. They were able to hang on. Yeah, the Jets, they're pretty defensively sound, aren't they? And uh, nearly upset the Chiefs, but uh, a good win for them to hang on. Um, I'll tell you what, we've got two undefeated teams left in the competition. The 49ers, let's start there. Great win over Arizona, 35-16. And I'll tell you what, Christian McCaffrey... Could he be the MVP? Based on that game, I think you definitely have to put him into the conversation. We know it's pretty unlikely for anybody other than a quarterback to win the MVP award. It really is a quarterback's award. But if anybody can do it, Christian McCaffrey, if he keeps up this pace, will be a red-hot chance. Like, he's on track to run for 2,000 yards and have 1,000 yards through the air, and he's probably on pace to score about 30 touchdowns, which would be insane. Uh, he, he scored uh, four against the Cardinals um, and looks just absolutely unstoppable. The caveat, of course, is it was the Cardinals, and they're probably the, one of the worst teams in the competition, although have been pretty plucky under new head coach Jonathan Gannon this year. Um, but the 49ers are looking so good. Uh, Brendan Ayuk, also at receiver, was extremely dangerous for the 49ers. Uh, Brock Purdy, uh, whether, you, whether you say he's Purdy enough or he's Brock solid, uh, he's definitely both of those things at the moment, um, is doing just enough uh, to get the ball where it needs to be. Um, uh, Debo Samuel uh, didn't, didn't do a heck of a lot, um, but it didn't, it didn't really matter because uh, the 49ers are good on both sides of the ball. Undefeated, as you mentioned, 4-0. Uh, definitely the class of that particular division. And it's them and the Eagles as the uh, class of the NFC right now. Well, how long do you think the Eagles can take this streak? They just got up over the commanders in overtime, 34-31. Yeah. Look, they made hard work of it, let's be honest. Uh, and a lot of that was because the commanders played really well. Like, they were smashed last week against the Bills, and I don't think anybody really gave them a chance at all. Uh, Sam Howell uh, was particularly hammered by the Bills' defense uh, and played terrible. Um, He bounced back in a huge way. Uh, They jumped out to a pretty decent lead. The Eagles' offense has kind of been sputtering along so far this year, but really came alive in the second half, and mostly because of not the running game, which we know is always strong with the Eagles. That kind of had a bit of a day off, and they relied on Jalen Hurts' arm and A.J. Brown at receiver. And when those two guys connect, I tell you what, it's pretty unstoppable. And A.J. Brown went off in the second half, scoring a couple of amazing touchdowns um, and really some key plays there to get them in position to to win in overtime. Look, I'm sure Eagles fans would have liked a win over the Commanders to be a little bit easier, but all that matters at the end of the day is you get the W, which the Eagles did. They stay undefeated at 4-0. Uh, and right now, I'm already circling in 49ers versus the Eagles at the start of December um, because that, that could be uh, you know a big way to deciding who gets number one seed in the NFC. Hey, Ben, one of the big games that we had circled for this weekend was the Bills and the Dolphins. We were wondering who's going to come out on top, and it was the Bills. A domination in the end, 48-20. to uh, Josh Allen was superb. He threw for uh, 320 yards, four touchdowns. It was outstanding, along with, you know, Stefan Diggs and a number of great players for Buffalo. What did you make of the game? Oh, it was a cracker. The first quarter in particular, 
uh, was absolute fireworks. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw a stat at one point that there wasn't an incompletion thrown in the first quarter by either quarterback. Um, uh, Tua looked great. Josh Allen, as you mentioned, was flawless. Perfect passer rating, uh, 153.8 for him at the end of the game. Um, threw a bunch of touchdowns and just had great touch throughout. Uh, it's so interesting, the Bills. After week one, when they lost to the Jets, um, uh, when Aaron Rodgers went down and Josh Allen just had a complete brain explosion. Didn't look like he even knew how to play um, American football. Uh, I think we, we were ready to write off the Bills and thought that their Super Bowl window had closed, but um, the last couple of weeks have just reminded us what a complete team the Bills have there. Uh, they absolutely smashed the Dolphins on defense. They made life difficult for Tua, made him throw the ball fast, took away his first reads, um, kept Tyreek Hill relatively quiet, and they really clamped down on those explosive plays that the Dolphins use uh, so well. And we've seen this year, you know, they dropped they dropped 70 points on the Broncos last week. And I think a lot of people thought the Dolphins would certainly uh, get theirs t- against the Bills. It wasn't the case. Um, they were only held to 20. Uh, the Bills, meanwhile, 48 points uh, they dropped on the Dolphins. And so now, you know, for all we talk about the Dolphins' explosive offense, the Bills have now scored at least 37 points in their last three games, um, which is pretty astonishing. And, you know, if, if the Bills keep this up, you'd have to say they are rivaling the Chiefs for, you know, favoritism in the AFC. All right, we're speaking to Ben O'Shea here on Sports Drive this afternoon from the West talking all things NFL. Hey, Ben, one off the text line here. Uh, This one's from uh, Dave, I believe. Please reassure me, my Chicago Bears are tanking, says Dave. What do you you think? Give us us your opinion. Well, up until this week, I thought that they were definitely tanking. But I think the one... The one X factor here, the wild card in the tanking debate for the Bears is Justin Fields because while the rest of the team might be thinking, do you know what, we're in the box seat here for the number one pick. We can get Caleb Williams, Heisman winner, generational talent at quarterback. Justin Fields is thinking, hang on a minute, I'm the starting quarterback in Chicago. I'm playing for my job. I'm playing for my career. And he's already said that he's going to stop thinking and stop following the coach's advice. Uh, and so while everybody else might be following the advice to tank, I think Justin Fields might be going in the opposite direction. He played the game of his career against the Broncos. Um, uh, the Bears are probably unlucky in the end. Um, the Broncos kind of came back, a pretty furious comeback from Russell Wilson um, after he also has been quite disappointing this year. But look, Bears fans, uh, rest assured, your team is terrible. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I don't think you're going to have you're not going to have too many games where you're competitive. Uh, this was a rare one on the back of a very good game from Justin Fields. But look, I can't see too many more in their future. What about the Bengals? Uh, one and three now, a loss to the Titans uh, on the weekend. Yeah, well, as last time we spoke, I told you that I was off the Bengals bandwagon after initially picking them as uh, my Super Bowl contender for the AFC. But jeez. It looked rough. Uh, Joe Burrow, a quarterback with that calf injury, just does not look right. Uh, he is struggling to kind of stand up in the pocket and really push the ball downfield. So he's not getting the ball to his playmakers. And uh, it looked very average on both sides of the ball from Cincinnati uh, against a Titans team that themselves didn't look amazing coming into this week. But, geez, they turned it on. Uh, Tennessee uh, defense was great. A lot of their stars on defense stood up. Um, Derrick Henry finally got going for the season. 
uh, ran for over 100 yards uh, through a touchdown pass, which we just love to see. Uh, the big guy getting involved in the passing game um, and, looked, and looked pretty hard to bring down, as he always does when he's running at his best. And Ryan Tannehill who has been much maligned this year after a pretty uh, couple of average games, uh, he, was, he was pretty spot on. Like, he really didn't do much wrong, was distributing the ball very well, accurate, on time. Um, but for the Bengals, if there is any light at the end of the horizon, it's that they've got the Cardinals next week. And so, you know, that's absolutely must win. If they drop that to the Cardinals, they can kiss the playoffs goodbye. They are toast couple of other teams I wanted to touch on before I let you go, Ben. The Ravens, they're looking really good. 28-3, to a win over the Browns. Lamar Jackson playing some really good football. Yeah, it's great that you brought them up because they probably think that they deserve to be in the conversation with, you know, the Bills and the Chiefs and, and maybe the Dolphins as uh, the form teams of the AFC right now. Certainly they're winning that division, which looked like it was a bit of a murderer's row at the start of the year, but now the Bengals have fallen away, the Steelers are terrible, um, and the Browns, they've got the injury to starting quarterback to Sean Watson. So right now it's, it's the division to lose for the Ravens. Um, Lamar, as you mentioned, looked fantastic. Um, he was connecting with tight end Mark Andrews again, uh, and when they when they get going, um, they're very challenging for defenses. Uh, the Browns, without their starting quarterback, like what are you going to say, really? You know, like uh, and without their starting running back Nick Chubb, um, they were always going to be pushing it uphill. Uh, but they have a great defense, and the fact that the Ravens were able to uh, go in there to Cleveland and uh, score 28 points, and Lamar looks so good doing it, I think bodes really well. Um, for how that team is going to go. They've been banged up, which kind of explained how at the start of the year maybe weren't tracking as well. But now some of those players are coming back from injury, uh, especially on the offensive line. Um, it, it, I really think the Baltimore are going to make some noise come the end of the season. Okay, and the Lions, uh, they kicked off week four with a great win over the Packers, 34-20. to 20. How about Detroit? <laughs> well, they were the preseason darlings. But I think in the back of everybody's mind, uh, they were thinking, oh, these are the same old Lions because you just you don't want to you don't want to set the expectations too high because Detroit has a way of letting everybody down. Just ask anybody who supports the Lions, but uh, they beat the Packers very convincingly, uh, more convincing than the end scoreline suggests at 34-20 on Thursday Night Football last week. And uh, it was, I think that was the fourth consecutive win over the Packers, which is the first time the Lions have been able to achieve that since. Who knows when? The Super Bowl era, probably. It goes back a long, long time. Uh, and, and they looked really good. Um, uh, Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive line was, was a beast. He was everywhere. They moved him around the formation, and he looked extremely good. He got a bunch of help um, uh, from his fellow linemen, which took the pressure off him um, and made him even more effective. Uh, Jared Goff uh, was, was very solid. Um, I, I think just all in all, it's a good roster. They're playing hard. Uh, they have depth at important positions um, uh, and they're getting good returns from their rookies. Uh, uh, Sam Laporta at tight end, he has more receptions through four games, through his first four games than I think anyone in the last 40 or 50 years. Um, Brian Branch, their rookie cornerback, had some really nice plays as well. Um, uh, Jameer Gibbs didn't get so involved in this game, but we know that he has that big game potential, um, and, and they've got a great linebacker as well who they who they got in this draft class. So it could be a potentially transformational draft class there for the Lions, um, build on a couple of years of good draft classes. And, yeah, like I think it's definitely a division to lose for the Lions. Hey, Ben, anything else to touch on before I let you go? 
Yeah, well, it's it, you've got the it's the haves and the have-nots in the NFL at the moment. You've got you know teams like the 49ers and the Eagles uh, and the Ravens and the Bills. The arrow is definitely pointing up for all of those teams. But then you've got some other teams where the arrow is pointing in the opposite direction. And one of those right now is the Patriots. Uh, they lost 38 to three to the Cowboys. It was the worst defeat of Bill Belichick's storied career as head coach of New England. Um, and uh, Mac Jones, their quarterback, was benched. In the third quarter, um, uh, Belichick said that that was because the game got away from them, so there was no point keeping him out there. But it's worth keeping an eye on because he just has not really lived up to his first-round status um, as a a quarterback, and I just don't know where this team is going now. Uh, They were always going to struggle a little bit. It's not the greatest roster, but they're well-coached, and they usually keep it competitive, uh, but it tells you that, you know, Bill Belichick's been coaching a long time and he's never had a loss that big. Uh, That is definitely a big danger sign for Pats fans. Ben, a pleasure uh, chatting as always. Thank you very much for taking the time. It's been a lot of fun today and uh, enjoy the rest of what's to come. It will do, mate. Talk to you soon.